This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, welcome to uh, the next edition, the next episode of the Always Wolf Squadcast for myself, Dazzling Dave, Manny, and our special guest today, Kevin, who is the CEO of Paycare, yep. and you're also a trustee of Wolverhampton Wanderers as well, I and a indeed. trustee of many other things. Tell us a little bit about your background. Um... As you, as you said, I'm, I'm Chief Executive of, of Paycare. Um, probably a lot of people within the city still know us as Patients Aid Association. Um, we, we've been in existence now for 145 years. Um, you don't look you that don't, old. I was going to say, you look oh. great for it, to be honest. <laughs> this is why everyone needs a health cash plan. <laughs> and we're useless salesmen. Um, but we, we really are, we, we consider ourselves really part of the community of, of, of Wolverhampton. Well, 145 years, you've probably been here longer than Beatties and that's going now, Yeah, we, we intend to be here for a, an awful lot longer as well. Um, so yeah, I've been working now with Paycare for, for 10 years, um, six, seven of those are, as chief exec, and it was probably one of the, the proudest moments of my life when, when I got that because um, as a kid growing up in, in, in Willingall, I'd got no kind of aspirations to be chief exec of any kind of company. You know, no one from our kind of working class background ever yeah. ever got there. So yeah. to, to be trusted with that position was just was just amazing. Um, and you also were, uh, were very recently awarded, which is a fantastic honour to be bestowed on someone by the uh, the club, the. Um, Rachel Hale Flynn Award, is that correct? It, it is. It was probably one of the biggest shocks of my life when, when I was awarded that. Um, and I, I really kind of accepted on behalf of Paycare yeah. because I, I'm, you know... The custodian. Custodian, yeah, really, of, of, of the, the great work that, that we have done in, in the community and with, with the community trust, uh, as was then. And, and it, it all started... From from Sir Jack, really. Yeah. Um, when the old North Bank were, were, were the old 
the middle north <laughs> now <laughs> gets yeah. it, was, was rebuilt. He he insisted on a, a disabled supporters lounge yeah. being built, and and we stepped forward and and, and sponsored that. Um, Still got I, your logo in there, haven't you? Kept? Yeah, but we we, we we you know we renamed it after Rachel, her who eventually was our president um, for several years. Just a wonderful, wonderful lady. Yeah. Um, such an inspiration. Massive Wolves fan. Huge, and one of the most charismatic people I've ever met in my life. Obviously, wasn't she? She. Um, Captain England cricket team. Yeah, she's a she, national treasure. National treasure. Yeah, yeah. yeah so she was the, yeah. the, the person that Pioneer. persuaded Sir Jack yeah. to sponsor the first cricket World Cup yeah. for women. Wow. Um, she was the first female member of the MCC. Mm. Um, nothing. That's so, a, that, nothing that's stood in the way. Massive thing as well. Yeah. Being the first female member of the MCC yeah. as well. Fantastic. Just, just and you know, the kind of person she walked into the room, and everyone was comfortable with her. Yeah. You know, considering she was like in, in the Lords, that's she, amazing. She was it? just a normal person, down to earth, yeah, and, and really never forgot her roots. Wolfronian through and through, yeah, which is fantastic. And of course, you're also uh, a trustee of uh, the foundation. I am indeed, yeah. Um, I was honoured to, to be asked to become a trustee late, late last year, um, and yeah, again, it was just a great honour, and and. You know, one of, one of the things that I've been brought on as a trustee to the foundation is is to engage more businesses yeah. with the foundation. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we were the founder patron of, of the new foundation. Um, so I'd just like to get more more businesses involved. The work the that the foundation does. I mean, Manny, you've actually done a little bit of self as a Yeah, again, um, uh, I think um, Kevin recently and yourself were involved in the, the model new sleep Yes, house, that was I got about an hour's sleep. <laughs> which was the first ever time, you know, our club had done something like that and um, it was a huge Raised success. Raised over 40,000 I think in the end it was yeah. over 50. Over 50,000 pounds, you know, just by, uh, which actually was a handful of fans. And uh, I think next year there's plans to make it bigger and better yeah. and get more people involved. Massive so just a simple way of just giving back and engaging and experiencing just for a few minutes. We're not, we can't experience the full every night, every you know, night, aspect yeah. of homelessness because we've still got our homes to mm. go back to. And we were, you know, in a comfort of a, a football stand. We were out in the street. So we were in a safe environment, but just being out in the cold, you experienced it. Yep. And, and 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 just thinking for a second that people actually do this day in, night in, know, night out, and how, how they do it. So, uh, yeah, foundation, you know, from people with disabilities, people with mental health problems. Well, mental health is a big issue, yeah. isn't it? Like, the foundation are doing a lot of work. The Head for Health campaign, yeah. getting people out there, engaging them back with society, finding them something that they don't have to be particularly good at doing, but they encourage them to do it. So. You know, we are, I've recently been part of the, the over 35s football, yep. and it's just been great. Yeah. Um, I'm going to come and have a kick about with that. All, all getting together and reliving our childhood memories of like playing, because we're playing under the banner of Wolverhampton yeah, Wanderers. Yeah. So we feel like we're, we've got a wolf shirt on, and we've got the badge on, and we're representing yeah. the club. And, and you've got Carl Henry there, just oh, as a, again, he's a trustee. Of the he's foundation. a trustee, they've got him involved. Yeah. and. Um, yeah, so it does a fantastic job, and, and one of the things I always appeal to fans is um, the social media accounts of Wolverhampton Wanderers, um, you know, have like half a million followers or 
have many and the foundation have about 8,000. Right, so yeah. to encourage more simple engagement with the foundation, find out what they're doing. There's you know, opportunities to volunteer, to help out, getting your kids and getting your children involved. There's lots of different aspects. And it's know. really spreading out the stuff that they, the foundation, and as a trustee, I guess, part of, thank you, part of your role is to kind of oversee that growth. Absolutely, I mean, we've got, we've really benefited as a foundation from our participation in, in, in the Premier League. Uh, the funding that you can access from, from the Premier League is, is, is incredible. So it's a matter of managing that growth yeah. at, at the moment yeah. um, because there's so many things we, we well, can do. Well, there's always do. stuff coming out about the foundation all the time, all the different things and the different aspects and how far their reach is, you know, whether you're a young person or an older person, whether you've got disabilities. I mean, one of the one of the most heartfelt things was when they had the... Uh, the young disabilities on the uh, the pitch and they were like going yeah. out to the crowd it was Brilliant. fantastic yeah. wasn't it though yeah. we, and we do some you talk about young and old we we, we run an amazing dementia that's yeah. well this is something yeah. that's very close uh, uh, to your heart we'll come on to about yeah. some and that, that is well. just it's just incredible to see mm. you know you we've got people participating in that that's the only time come out of the house come out of the house it gives them a reason to do it gives them a reason and and they become a group a bond between them so one of the things we've agreed to do as a foundation is is to continue that because it's generally part of the nhs yeah uh, but that's only for a certain period of time but we didn't want to stop that so we've continued now in like different cohorts that that social group can just continue and how many people do you actually think um that you're People you t- are involved in courses or things that the foundation running, and how much how many staff do the foundation have these days? We've got nearly a hundred staff. Oh, fantastic! No, and it's growing all, all the time. time. Um, some are part time, some are, lots of just volunteers. Yeah. Um, well, you've done a bit of volunteering. Yeah, I've done volunteer. You know, again, proud like Kevin to be a volunteer. I remember that post that you put out when you yeah, had a Yeah, volunteer, and, and I was there when we launched the Premier League Kicks campaign. Yeah. Again, what Kevin mm. said, being in the Premier League, you know, there's this aspect where they get um, different ages, you know, from kids all the way to walking footballers. I met a walking footballer on the way back home from uh, Espanol on the plane, actually. Did you really? And he says, I'm in the walking football team. And he was so proud that he played yeah. in the in the Wolverhampton Wanderers Foundation walking football oh, and they play amazing. again because we're at Chelsea on the weekend but and you know and it's it's amazing that they've been given an opportunity and and it's no cost you know these guys mm. are just turning up with their boots and their shin pads and then they're not asking for any cost or monetary it's just a bit of time where they can go out and spend time with people and um, engage in something that they love doing and um, yeah, it's, it's a great thing that I just really encourage more fans well. fans to be involved in it. It, it is. Uh, one of the things I'd, I'd urge supporters to do, we, we've got a great little scheme. If you go into the, the club shop um, and, and you buy a top menu, 45 quid 50, you can just top up and donate the extra 50 pence. Oh, can you? Yeah. To the so just always yeah. top it up to the to the yeah. round to oh, the well. nearest pound, mm. and that all goes. 100% that's something that's not that well known. No, no it has, it's sort of been advertised a few times, but I think when oh, when, when the club are so successful, there's so much to talk about anyway. It does get left in the background, and yeah. that's why I said, you know, the Wolves Foundation uh, Twitter account and the social media sites. I encourage fans to follow it, get a bigger following. 
if you follow Wolves, follow the foundation as well, and you'll get a lot more information mm -hmm. about what the club does. Because it, it, you know, it's part of our community, and yeah. it's, help, it's helping our community. You know what, and you can just sit in here listening to you, feel the passion. You're so passionate about about the community work and stuff yeah. that you get involved, you can feel it coming across. I'm, I'm just, again, I'm proud of our city. Yeah, well that's fantastic I'm as well. Of our city. Talking about, um, obviously, the city and, and the club, I'm sure everyone that's listening, Kevin, are going to be quite interested in how did you become a Wolves fan and what is your favourite ever game? I became a Wolves fan in, in, in 1972. Yeah. It's when we played Leeds in the, Leeds. Final, the final game of the season when Leeds tried to bribe us, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we stopped them doing the double. They'd won the, the FA Cup on the Saturday before. And my cousin took me to the game. Oh, right. And there must have been 60,000 in yeah. the ground. And um, he always used to stand in the old enclosure. Yeah. And we were, we were not the earliest, so I've never grown since I was 14, so <laughs> I'm not the tallest. And we were standing at the back of the enclosure, and I don't know whether listeners can remember, but it was, it was a bit of a dip. Mm. Um, but the magic of walking up Waterloo Road, seeing those amazing floodlights, they were huge, yeah. And there's, Tower, didn't there's they? nothing like a night game. No. I don't think the atmosphere is fantastic, and I was just starstruck. Yeah. And it was, and you know, we were, and I can remember Dugan running through and, and slipping it past Sprake. And I was hooked from them. You remember who the keeper was in goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. That was a very um, uh, you know successful lead side yeah. when you look back in history. That was the, the most best successful lead side, wasn't it? Yeah. Dirty leads. Dirty leads, proper leads, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and never, so, never, so never shook off that. That, that that's when I was like completely hooked. My favourite game, I, I guess up until got a couple, I would imagine. I would imagine up until the Nuno era. Yeah. It would have always been again, leads away. Leeds again. Leeds away in the FA Cup. Is that the year two one when they when say the Don, was yeah. that a penalty? Don it? Goodman. Dodman, Don, Don Goodman scored. Yeah, yeah. And Carl Jim Robertson over. slipped it through. Goodman. We were right behind it, yeah. and the ball just seemed to go into slow motion. Slow motion and sort of it, bobbled over the line. And, a uh, you know, little dink. Never been so nervous in my life for the last twenty minutes of the game. So that one always stuck into my mind. But there's just so many now, aren't there? How many can you reel off? Cardiff away. What an experience that was! Well, that was what that was. That, I mean, that was that was the double penalty in injury yeah. time when two. What, that don't happen. Ridiculous! Does it? That was. Yeah. We spent Love the whole car journey on the way back from Cardiff listening to Mikey Burrow's commentary mm. over and okay. over and over again. So, and now you watch. Sometimes you see that put out on Twitter, and you watch that five-minute period of, of of the game unfolding yeah. in that lap, and the emotion and the relief. Because obviously that was the key point of the season as well, when they were pretty much the arch rivals for yeah, that yeah. automatic yeah. spot. And uh, I'm obviously getting that penalty in the last minute. It's like, oh god! And then he saves it, and then they get another one. And you think they're surely going to, but but he hits the bar, doesn't he? And then it's headed out, it's and then on. Nuno goes running on, and Warnock gets upset. <laughs> yeah. He was, it was about pure it. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. mind really uh, that you know the Warnock Nuno thing sort of added to it. You know, I and mean, that should never go away from football. No. That bit of rivalry, a bit of needle, yeah. and you know, and, and, and people criticise Neil Warnock, but I think you need characters like that in football. Absolutely, and he characters. might not be everybody's cup of tea. Secretly, but he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Secretly, he's always wanted to manage yeah. Walsh. Yeah. You know? 
He's yeah. all, I think he really has always wanted to manage Wolves. Yeah, he's, um, I, I saw him at um, like a sportsman league a few, year, few years ago, and yeah. he, he said he was like this close. And, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. And he'd been interviewed by, by Steve Morgan. Um, then he got the call from who did he go to eventually? Can't remember. He went went somewhere, and um, he rang Steve Morgan and said, "Look, I'm on the, on the way here. Can, have you made a decision yet?" And Steve Morgan said, "Let me think about it for 24 hours." And he says, "Right, if you need to think about it, you don't want me." Yeah. I might, yeah. So he went and I can't remember who he, he went to. We well, got wonderful Dean Saunders, so <laughs> we were happy. I remember. I, I, I remember. <laughs> I remember. I, don't, I think. I think it was at a meal, a family meal or something, when they announced Dean Saunders, and I'm like, what? I've got, I, that was, yeah. Talking to, to people in the club, they, they they knew almost immediately that, oh God, we've got a problem here. Because you know, he played for some seriously big teams, haven't yeah. he? Yeah. But apparently he walks into Molyneux and he's starstruck. Mm. And I think, oh no, no, he's not the right man for, no. this, for this job. Um, but, I mean, Bless him, his, his imagination was fantastic, wasn't oh, it? It's great <laughs> um, when you've heard him on the radio and he's talking and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, he was uh, definitely one of the mistakes yeah. uh, appointments to Dean Saunders. How did we go from favourite game to Dean Saunders uh, in one got, conversation? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, actually. <laughs> but I, I guess, talking about the, the, the Nuno era, I mean, yeah. I never, ever thought, as a Wolves fan, we would beat Arsenal. And yet last year yeah. we murdered Arsenal, uh, three and that three. that was just incredible. Is that your favourite one of the Nuno yeah. era? Yeah, 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 it is. There's it, some good ones is. though, ain't there? Yeah, there's so many, isn't there? You can go to the last game that so, we just had, which we will talk could, about. Very you know, soon. They, you just reel off game after game after game where you just leave the the ground and think, oh my god, yeah. Did you watch? That? You, you actually tell people to watch the highlights, watch it, watch what we Except did. Except the Man United yeah. semi-final, a uh, quarter-final. That game and the relief, I think, of the joy of getting to Wembley. Yeah. And then we all know what the uh, the heartbreak game was. I've only just managed to watch the highlights of the Watford game. Do you know what? I couldn't bring myself it, to watch it. I've still not watched <laughs> the highlights. I had to do, um, obviously, my reaction afterwards, and I had to put edit and put together the vlog uh, of the game, and that was the hardest one I've ever had to do, pretty much. Uh, and I've still not watched the highlights back. And apparently, Woody was really close to saving that penalty, wasn't he? Yes. He was like yeah. within touching distance of saving it. But uh, yeah. Let's but not go there. Things yeah. have worked out fantastically. <laughs> it's funny how, how things do work out. Yeah. Watford, after that, didn't win. And we got to Europe and look at the happy times we're having now. Yeah. So that there's a few there, haven't we? And that brings us up quite nicely. I think to talk talking about the uh, the month's review, um, we're going to work backwards because the one that's most fresh in our minds is obviously the Spurs game at the weekend. Tottenham Hotspur two, Wolverhampton Wanderers three in their new amazingly fantastical stadium. Do you think it was amazing, Dave? Uh, well, I, I, I mean, I, I thought the atmosphere would have been better it was mm. quieter than I because I was building because they got that war mm. and I thought they were better you heard at times the roar when they scored and a couple of times but they were, it was a bit like the Man U the fans make the ground yeah I do at the end of the day you can play in a, a garden shed <laughs> right. and if you're not going to sing you're not going to shout you're not going to cheer you you know it's a, it was a great arena don't get oh. me wrong the only thing I found distracting I don't know was those big giant screens? They were in every. They were better than my TV at home, 
but so you were sort of drawn up to them every five seconds instead of watching the match. Apparently and the size of a tennis the score. The, so they were in every corner as well. I think there's an American football influence, so it's a good ground, but there's a character about grounds that don't you think has gone missing? And it's great, isn't it, to you hear know? so many opposition supporters now say Molyneux is just the most intimidating place to come to. When it's on song, it is electric yeah. and it's loud, and there's a lot of... You see on, on Twitter very often there's a lot of fans from opposition going that atmosphere was immense. The Wolves fans and the Wolves away fans as well. Are they, they I think there's something to be said about having a traditional four stand stadium, you yeah. know, rather than having these balls that look impressive. But then you. But the, the Tottenham ground, sort of ha- it's it's not like no disrespect to like your Brightons and stuff. They're a bit the soulless, mm. in my opinion, disappointing. You know. It's been specifically designed, it's been analysed by designers to get the best out of it and get, create the best supporter experience. And also, that's the reason they have that big wall at the one end, um, rather than, if you look at the other end, it's in three, three bits, to create that atmosphere. Um, I don't think we saw the, the Spurs supporters at their best, but then I think they're a bit... I talked to quite a lot of Spurs fans before the game, and they were all scared of wolves. Mm-hmm. They were all like really apprehensive about thinking. They, I think they were really nervous, mm-hmm. and I don't think they really raised their game because I think I, all the way through the game they were thinking wolves are the better team. We're gonna, if we get out of this, we're lucky. Mm-hmm. And I think they were probably lucky to go in at half time two one up. Although we did start really slow, didn't you think? Again. Well, I'm afraid I was a plastic over the weekend. I'd, I'd only got back from. Uh, Barcelona at midnight on the Saturday, so I couldn't. I'm getting old now. Could you I, stream? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. No, yeah. no. To be fair, our fans. I listen to it. I, I follow it on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. I can't. I can't listen to it on the radio. I just get too nervous. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have, I, personally, I have to say the fans were pretty good, compared, considering we just all come back from Espanol, uh, and, yeah. and you know it can get. Yeah, after the Lord Mayor show sometimes when you've been to Europe. But just like the City away game when we came from Besiktas, the fans were absolutely amazing and the team backed it up. I think um, the first half we made some basic errors defensively. Uh, I think Ruben Vinagre is a, a great little prospect. He's 19 years old. Great going forward. He's, he's got lots to learn yet. And you saw how good Johnny was by yep. him not playing. Yeah. You know how solid, reliable Johnny for me is the Spanish Dennis Irwin. Seven out of ten, yeah. guaranteed. You know and what Mr. you're going to get. With it. And he's improving, isn't he? And he's improving. You yeah. know his attacking play is improving right, now. Yeah. He's always been a really good defender. Yeah, so I think a one-all score line at the half-time would have been fair, but again, we didn't defend very well, and they scored. He took it. It was a good finish, yeah. but you should never have really got into that position. No, but no. Naga kind of slipped in there and yeah. he turned, and he did. It was a good, it was a good finish from the from the from the guy, um, you know. But then, as happens very often with Wolves, second half, twenty-one points from losing positions. It's which just is six hmm. more than any other anybody team. else. I mean, nobody else gets close to the way Wolves recover Did and go again. They could be two 0 down. And um, I think who was it? Um, one of the pundits was it Ian Matt Wright? Or, he said um, they don't panic. He goes, the one thing Nuno never does. Is let's go for at the back. Let's play this, or let's you know he just sticks with his formation. The only chain tweak he does is go from three to two yeah. in the forward roles, but he sticks with his basic um, way of playing, and he'll change the personnel and fit it 
into that way of playing and he believes in that and he, and he keeps surprised you know let's be honest two one down I thought maybe we're a bit leggy too many games we might go and then suddenly we just Deli Ali had that one really yeah. good chance didn't yeah, to make it 3-1 three, three one. Three one. The, um, the players believe in it don't yeah. they they believe in the system they believe in Nuno. and we dominated them as well yeah, that's right you know, they, they don't, their heads don't drop as you said they don't panic the funny thing is, you know, the winning goal that we scored. Unbelievable goal that was. You know, if we'd have scored that in, you know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, or the pre Nuno days, we would have never stopped talking about it. We'd never saw goals like no. that at the Wolves. But never, you, ever. Now it's become quite normal to see mm. a, a player take on three or four players, slip someone in, finish well, and it's become like a, quite a normal thing to watch. The but Wolves. when Jota's on fire and he, he is yeah. going through a purple bat, he flicks it round him. Like he, he gets the ball tight on the touchline, flicks it round it, and then surges past two or three players, and then plays this perfectly weighted pass into uh, Raul, who just keeps his head calmly, brings it inside, puts it in the corner. Amazing. No, no, John, Messi does that. It's yeah. on every yeah. oh, news channel, channel, on every news Talking channel. About on every Messi. What about that little run from Pedro Neto? <laughs> oh yeah, that when he came on, he was, yeah. I don't know how he got, and we nearly got the fourth goal, yeah. didn't we? But he, he's a young Guinness because it's like he's growing before our eyes, he's isn't unbelievable. it? Unbelievable! It's like yeah, you know, when he when he first started, he, you could see he was a nineteen-year-old. Yeah. Now there's very little difference physically between him and, and and Jota. Well, I think it's almost like Jota Mark too. Pedro Neto been one of the surprises of the season for yeah. me it's like when he came in with Jordo who again is another good yeah. player I was like is it just another one of these George Mendes you know moving among type things but like but George Mendes moving on type things have worked very well actually <laughs> you know to be fair when Bowley came in even when Neves came in, unless you were into European football, you didn't even know who <laughs> Neves was. Well, exactly. You know, and it, probably only Joe Martino was a named big with Patricio, you know, with, with the caps. And the others were who? And, and Nuno has brought these players in and he's and he worked with them. Them and he takes them up another level yeah, yeah, or yeah. two. Pedro yeah. Neto, he's, he's unbelievable. He's just got no fear. Uh, but I'm sure we're going to talk about, uh, when we get to the Europa League, about the... Uh, Little miss, but but mm. no fears that what Jota's got, hasn't it? Even when he wasn't on fire when he was going through that rush belt, he never stopped trying to no, do things, he didn't right. hide, no, he, he kept trying showing. to do, do what you worked. Think he was trying too hard though because he was desperate to score, and it's kind of almost like last year when he gets that goal, it kind of relaxes a little bit more, yeah, yeah. probably does. But you know what? One thing oh, that, that 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 phrase, trying too hard, should never be a problem, no. It should be. But we want everyone to try too hard all the time because eventually it will click. You will be able to iron those problems out if you're willing to put the work, work in anything you do. I yeah, think you, maybe what I'm starting trying to say yeah. there is because he hasn't scored, he feels like he should, yeah. and he's almost trying to make sure the ball goes in instead of playing instinctively. Because mm. he does a lot of the play, he does play instinctively, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And um, but yeah, I mean, if he continues in the vein that he is at the moment. Um, I mean, I thought Jimenez was reasonably quiet against Tottenham. 
he didn't I didn't think he had his best game but when he needed to put the strikers ball in there, yeah I yeah. remember days of bully yeah. he'd have 89 <laughs> yeah. quiet minutes and win you the match bang exactly bang. and that's what strike a yeah. proper striker does he is a number nine striker a focal point and when he's not in the side you do miss that you do notice because it's he's a such link a, play isn't it his play play is immense and 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 he can afford to have quiet spells but if he defenders will you know be on their toes because All at any time, time and he's really he got that telepathy with yeah. Jota hasn't he oh they just seem to know that yeah. the fine space yeah. Jota will run into a space well that Jimenez has created for him and they just seem to know that mm. yeah Traore got been come off with his shoulder again hopefully it, it won't be too serious um, but I think he's probably going to end up having an operation in the summer uh, to sort that out I think well, we trust the medical department. We've had the touch wood, you know, the best injury record we've had for seasons. It's such a small squad. You our, 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 our medical room used to be full, <laughs> standing room only for years. We know the problems we've had, so it's a, a testament to the backroom staff. You know, that backroom staff that Neil Warnock job. doesn't like. You know, it, it does a fantastic <laughs> yeah. job. What's well, yeah. so he said? It, I don't like the I don't like the backroom staff. Nuno's all right, but I don't like the backroom staff. <laughs> and that's pretty rich coming from from Warnock because he had, his sidekick was Kevin Blackwell, yeah, who was, was the nicest right, yeah. person off the pitch. Mm. On the pitch, he was not he was just winding people up all the time. So, I mean, that's a real Warnock. He's a typical lady, <laughs> you know. We're talking about managers, uh, Mourinho said Spurs didn't actually deserve the defeat. On the thing, what would you do? You think about that? Is that? I think Mourinho. That's Mourinho. Again, he's yeah. a. It's pantomime for him as well. Remember, he's been like that all his career. He'll say things and do things that that make headlines. And in a way, he takes the limelight off his team and his yeah. players, and he takes it all on his shoulders. And you can't argue against his record wherever he's gone. Even when he went to Manchester United, he got Still a won second. A trophy he well. won a trophy, mm. and then he moved on. So you're not expecting. Um, Mourinho to come out and say my players are rubbish they're awful get rid of them all you know he's not going to say that so he's going to encourage them and they were 2-1 up and they had a chance to go 3-1 so like any manager he's going to focus on those bits and he's going to say we deserve something out of that game and you know that's just I thought we managed the game quite well once we got in front as well we had a couple of areas going but they never really looked Doherty right at the end he made that block and he was like that was fantastic fantastic. it shows the passion yeah and, and, and the belief in the team. I yeah, mean, when the, yeah. around the circles of Wolves fans, Doherty gets criticism, and we've seen it and we read it. And people, I don't know when when things don't go well, or you draw a couple of matches, or you might lose. They like to look at somebody, and unfairly, you know, uh, Matt Doherty, seventy-five thousand pounds we paid for this guy. Not fifty million. Has not he just had two hundred and fifty appearances? Two hundred and fifty appearances. The highest scoring fallback, you know, the Premier League has seen for the last two years, and the assists he gets up and down that wing, he has the odd quiet match. So what? You know, seventy-five grand. I think we got returned for mm. our investment. Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely amazing, really, when you think about it. And uh, he never ceases to, to amaze you, does he? When he when he turns up in the six-yard box, what is he doing there? I remember Newcastle away last season. we went past him and and he'd put the ball in, it's like amazing, he, 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 his engine 
Yeah. He's I think Newcastle away last season was one all. We settled for 90 a 90 off minutes. 90 well. odd minutes, and the cross comes in, and you're thinking, oh, nobody's in the box. And, and Matt Doherty turns up <laughs> from nowhere, <laughs> and you don't know where he's turned up, and he wins you the match. You know, that's Bryce from the side. Those runs he makes are yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, he's he, always he, making them overlaps as well. And he's looking that diagonal run mm. in, into the box. Into the box. He has it's a good fantastic. understanding with Traore as well. Yeah. He, they work really well yeah, together, yeah. which is a good thing. He is, um, you know, an absolute, you know, stalwart of the team, isn't he? But if you could pick one player out of the Tottenham team, if you could, you know, if you could pick a player out of the Tottenham team and say I'd like them in the wall side, who would you go for out of the Tottenham squad? You know what? This is the same question you asked about Man United, and I know they just signed Bruno Fernandes, um, but we struggled to because we're on not only on a par, but we beat these sides now, and it's not beating them because they've played poorly. It's because we're better than them, mm-hmm. and that's why we beat them. Like you talked about Arsenal last year, talked about Manchester United this, you know, last year, this year. You know, these teams we go toe to toe, and we beat them because we're better than them so then you start thinking well actually I wouldn't have any of their players obviously you know if a Harry Kane was fit or a a Son was fit and playing those players are world class players and their records speak for themselves you know but no I don't think I would I wouldn't even I don't think I'd have Deli Ali in the Wolves squad I just think the way Nuno's got it set up and the positions if you look at our front five Traore Jota Raul Neto and Daniel Pedence, who we haven't really seen. That's quite a collection of five forwards. We do have options, I guess the thing is, would, yeah. would they fit into the Wolves system? Right. So, so Harry Kane, yeah. would Harry Kane do a better job than then Raul? Raul is, yeah. In that system, yeah. Because could be a good backup. Because yeah. <laughs> Raul, is, <laughs> the way Raul plays is so, right. when he's not playing, mm. boy do we miss him. Miss him, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. He's, he's, the way he plays is, is equally as important to the number of goals he scores. Kane probably would score more goals than than, than, than Raul what would he be positive yeah, for right, the yeah. team as a whole that's right yeah. you know Son mm. is Son better than Jota yeah or Neto potentially yeah you know <laughs> and now these are, and, and you know okay Raul's probably the, one of the older ones in the in the squad but the others are still very young yeah they're going to keep improving if you think about Raul Jimenez how much he's improved since he's been at Wolves because was it Benfica? Where did he come from? Benfica, Benfica is on the he bench. He was on the bench most bench of the time. Bench warmer. He's, he's getting game time. Let's be honest. When we signed Raul, he just played in the World Cup and he was on and off for. I watched a couple of Mexico. Like, and most fans said, "Oh, not sure what, about not this. sure about him. We'll see how he goes." Been outstanding. Yes. Just from the, you know from his first match against Everton and he scored that goal, you know, which was a proper centre forwards mm. header down into the bottom corner, and. I remember turning around and saying, that was like bully, that was. And I said it tongue-in-cheek, he scored his first goal. And now we actually think, uh, I think most fans will say, best striker we've had since the days oh, of Steve Law. As, as an all-round mm. striker yeah. as well. Absolutely all-round in everything that he does. I think that pretty much covers Spurs. Obviously, there's, there's some questions as well um, that we will probably come on to which is about the Champions League spot because I'm, I'm, I, you know that result has really put us in yeah. contention for the uh, the Champions League and the belief I think we're six goal difference from fifth three points off Chelsea in fourth who were miles you know even fourth place is achievable uh, it's, it's the next four games that's really exciting as well isn't it because well, exactly. you, you put that run together 
and then yeah, everything string, can happen. String 12 points, then that. And it's been a good month for us, really. Mm. I mean, the Norwich 3-0, uh, we had, obviously, the Jota, we had the VAR review for offside. Jota hit that, nearly got another hat-trick, um, didn't he? And Raul got, the, got it off the post. I mean, what do you think the Norwich 3-0 victory says about Wolves this year? I think I think it was a boring game, and that's brilliant. We, we totally routine. we totally controlled the game. We totally dominated them. They, they might have had more possession, but they never really hurt us. And we were just, you know, it's a cliche, isn't it? But I don't think we got out of the second gear. No, just sort of. We, we just that's a strange the thing, game. isn't it? In, uh, so in much the, in control. The bottom yeah. five, we've picked up eighteen points from the bottom five. Last year, the bottom five, we couldn't buy a win. Well, we We couldn't score. We couldn't, you know, we had games at home. I remember the Brighton game. Remember that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. You know, just so frustrating at home. We drew nil nil. Then in the Huddersfield, you know, both games against them. Yeah, Seems like they fa- they have actually found a way, and it's it, it's remaining patient. And but they know they've got the way of, of breaking these teams. And they've got options in there. They tweak the system That's as well right, now. Yeah. And um, as I think as Wolves fans, we said like last year, we got very frustrated in having these fantastical wins against some of the top six, and then losing twice to Huddersfield and all of those. And it was the one thing I think if we can improve on that, and I think we've done it. Again, that's Nuno, isn't it? Yeah. It's all we're learning, we're developing. We want to improve. We want to get better. So he, he absorbs these things, doesn't he? And you know, he openly says he lives, breathes he, yeah. football, wolves every minute of the day. Mm. And he's learning and they analyse and put it into practice. Well, in terms of number of points, we're very similar to what we had last season. Yeah. But this, the league's a much tighter league. Yeah. So we've got these runaway leaders, yeah. you know, um, and then we've got, I think we were 13 points off fourth place at this time last season. And we're now only three points off with the same number of points. Is so, that right? Yeah, with virtually mm-hmm. the same number of points. So I think, you know, we're, we've maintained where we were, which we thought would be hard to do, mm-hmm. considering well, we had all these yeah, European yeah, games absolutely. and qualifying I games. I think at the start of the season, I think most fans were thinking that we finished top half, don't get stuck into a relegation price, and we have a good run in the Europa League. You'd take that. I think years of heartache has, met, has meant Wolves fans. We we grab on to whatever we can get, sort yeah, of thing. So yeah, the, but I think the expectation will get raised naturally because we actually see this team, like you said, against Norwich, second gear, against Spurs, we made mistakes. So Nuno won't be sitting there thinking perfect. He'll be thinking, how can we get better? Because we're not playing to our full potential. We've actually got more in to this come. team to come. And that's the exciting bit. It's not somebody like, you know, in years gone by, I remember Ipswich came up and they had a great season where every player was 10 out of 10 and then they got relegated the following season. This is actually a team that is beating the top six comfortably sometimes and still has lots more to give and lots more to improve. Well, this is it, isn't it? There's a lot of teams have second season syndrome. It's like they have come up, got that momentum. Mm. You know, and then the second season, I mean, look, Burnley got to the Europa League, didn't they? And then they really struggled yep. in the league. And I know Wolves had a really slow start, but we just seem to be getting it's almost like a mirror 
of a match. First half of the season, we yeah, started yeah. slow, getting into our strides. Second half of the season, we're starting to get stronger as we're going yeah. along. Yeah. And like you say, when we come on to the upcoming um, months coming up, but we've played, because uh, obviously we've played Leicester, and we'll t- talk about that in a second, we've played Leicester twice, United twice, City twice, Liverpool twice, Tottenham twice. All of the, we've, They're all out the way. There's only Chelsea away, Chelsea. which is the last game of the season. Do you know what? I've got a yeah. feeling that's yeah. going to be... It's gonna, I think it will go all the way. It'll go. Yeah. That could be mm. whoever Winner wins takes that. all. Yeah, yeah. it'd be good. like a cup final. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, could. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I'd fancy us to do yeah. it as well. Absolutely. What did we think of the um, the Leicester nil-nil? Well, it was an education because I didn't know the offside rule, oh. the new offside rule about you can be offside even when you pass a ball back. You know, that was really well publicised, wasn't it? Oh, I, 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 to be honest, I mean, FIFA me. this week have come out and made a statement about a VAR, and one of the things they've obviously clearly said that it's not going anywhere. We will, but they have acknowledged there's two areas that there's problems, and one being the offside rule, and then the other being this the ridiculous handball rule, you know, which is different for yeah. attackers to defenders. You know, so they are, it's a good thing they have acknowledged those two things. We as fans don't want it. The reason is because we, we're like breathing, living football. We go there for much more than the game and the excitement. See, and the I'm atmosphere. not on the don't want it. Yeah. I'm on the, I can see the benefits. Yeah. But m- my issue isn't with VAR because I think it can help the game. It's the way they're using it and the fan experience in the stadium. It's like if you were sat at home watching it on telly live, you can see them replaying, you can see what they're looking at. You start in the stadium and you're like, what's that, what's going on? You know, even mm. the players don't know. You saw Cody coming off against Leicester asking the um, the ref, well, he was offside and the ref's going, <laughs> I don't know. And as, as I say, he was running backwards and it was the edge of his heel that was offside. It was a brilliant goal. Yep. You know, against Leicester's second goal, we've had ruled off for VAR against Leicester this season, and Bolly again involved. And um, to me, if it's it's supposed to be clear and obvious, if it's taking two and a half minutes to look and slide reel something, it's not, it's clear, not clear and obvious. obvious. There's a couple of issues for me. I, I, I ain't got a problem with VAR staying. It is what it is. Once you introduce technology, it's never going to go away. It's how you implement it. Yeah. You know. I, I, Compare and contrast the, the the Norwich game where you know we scored two goals. Nobody celebrated. Well, you just so this is my point where where I you know I sort of gave it a bit of a chance and thought you know there's been if you look back in history the Lampard goal that went clearly over yeah. the line or you know 1966 that's talked about forever or Pele uh, Maradona's handball you know those glaring mistakes that change the course of history you know and we we thought oh, where would we be if we had some sort of technology and those things would have been and and that Norwich match when fans don't want to celebrate yeah. because they're unsure that's not what football's no, about you, you, see, you, so, see, you see the referee don't you stand yeah, in the 18 yeah. yard box like oh god you know you, you, you compare that to the two recent Europa League yeah Games, yeah. we scored six goals. Yeah. The referee, there, no. there was no issue at all. No. So what? What's the difference? Because mm. I just don't understand. Because literally every goal in the Premier now. It's obviously the Premier League. You know, the Premier League actually waited 
the German league had it before us, the Spaniards, the Italians, they all had it before us. Mm. And what the reason for waiting was, let's see how it works and then we'll take it. But they've took it and then almost arrogantly decided, but we're the best league in the world and we'll have our own interpretation of not using the screens, of not letting anybody know. And it's basically saying there's a referee sitting at Stockley Park and whatever he says, obey with it because he's a professional well, referee. Running, they're running, basically running, making the call on so it. So what mm. is the point of having a referee on the pitch if he's not involved in the decision-making process? If you, in your line of work, were told you'd made a mistake, you'd want to query it yourself and wonder why you've made a mistake because for you, the referee on the, on the pitch when you know that goal scored against Leicester, he's got no issue whatsoever. So if he's being told now that he's got to rule it out for offside, surely any person with a bit of you know self-respect and dignity would want to go over and see why have exactly. I made this mistake? And the thing is, and, the atmosphere yeah. turned from what was a great atmosphere, it went toxic. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, and it's gone to It went toxic, and I know there's a few people and you can't condone smashing things up and stuff, but you can kind of understand the anger because it's not just happened once. You talk about the Pedro Neto goal against Liverpool. Mm. It's happened so many times mm. to Wolves. And I've got the VAR table. If there was no VAR, Liverpool would still be top, 70, but 75 points. Man City, they'd have put less four points. Man City would be on 60 with three extra. Leicester would be minus two on 40, in third with 48. Chelsea would be on 48. Wolves would be fifth with five more points with 47 points we would be one point off third place because we've lost more points than every other team apart from West Ham who would be a lot happier um, and even not you look at Norwich they'd be on 24 points two points out of you know it's affected what's going to happen last match of the season if like there's a relegation issue and there's a VAR decision and it sends someone down and well, this is this is the reason for me saying that we shouldn't have it because if the implementation or the way we're going to manage it is not clear and it's not right then we shouldn't have it until it's right we shouldn't be testing out a system in a live premier league season that seems wow. to be what we're doing and they're going to tweak it and change it slightly uh, having a thicker line, they're talking about a thicker line that just moves well, the, there's a moves the line from one point to <laughs> there's another. There's a Wenger proposal know. here, who's um, I think in, in charge of FIFA developments and stuff, and he's basically pressing for change in the offside rule. Um, head of global development, he is. He wants the player to be onside if any part of their body that can score a goal is behind or level with the relevant defender. So if you like your foot's onside, you're onside. The, the, yeah. the thing I have to say about that is, again, all you're doing is moving a line from drawn in front to behind. You're still moving a line. What you should, ha what you should have is a referee going up to a screen and saying, yeah, that's level. Because it's not obviously offside. Yeah. I'm not drawing any yeah. lines. I'm not getting my geometry, my helix geometry set out. I'm not getting my protractors out. I'm not doing any calculations. I've looked at it. That's not obvious. Goal. I gave a goal. It's sticking as a goal. Have I made because a you mistake? Can, you know, nobody on the pitch or any pundit ever would dispute any of those goals being awarded. And the other issue, yeah. uh, which I think they need to address, is the accidental handball from an. If it accidentally hits a defender's hand in the penalty penalty box, it's like not a penalty. 
which I agree with, if it accidentally catches any part of the attacker's arm, such as the goal the volley scored, the, the, the first match mm -hmm. of the season, where it, there's no way you could get out of the way of it, it just dropped and then they scored. You know, if someone deliberately handles it, but like, it, if it just flicks off someone's hand on the way through, mm -hmm. they're disallowing it for that, and that's, it should be the same for the defender and the attacker's arm. Because we're in to watch football to see goals mm. scored, not to be ruled out by fine margins. And, and that's what really frustrates me about that rule. It, it's about they're looking to introduce a rule to stop a goal being scored. Yeah. And it, it's all about goals, isn't it? it and is. you're, you're implementing a rule to stop a goal being scored. How, where, where's the logic in that? I think most fans can accept goals being ruled out, ruled out if it's like, yeah, that's fair enough. But for millimetres and... If you read the, the IFAB rules on handball, the reason they brought that in was they said the goal should not be scored by the hand, whether deliberate or accidental. It shouldn't be scored by a hand. But what the Premier League seemed to have gone further with this, and it is part of the rule, and they're only you know, following the rule, is that even if it's assisted by somebody, accidentally, they made it even worse. So you could probably try and sell that fact to fans that if a goal is scored directly with the hand, it will you be don't disallowed. That question, you know, because you it's a, yeah. it's been punched. Bolly Man City last yeah, year. Man City. Exactly. If that was ruled out, we would have looked at it and thought, well, yeah, it came off his hand. Yeah. And we would have just said, that's just, you know, and now it's the assist. So it could have, the, the was it the one on the, where the player was pushed onto another player and he handballed yeah, yeah. it in a match? So the player who handballed it was pushed by another player to handball the, and then it was disallowed. How ridiculous are we making our sport? And the how far back you know, do you go? No, you know, you, right. Do you think you should be able to hear as well what the referee is, is saying to stop you part of the conversation? So as fans in the stadium, and they should be able to pop on the screens what they're looking mm. at. So we understand rather than standing you know around what? for two minutes. It, it, it works what? in rugby, doesn't it? It does work in rugby. But what Kevin said about European football, they are constantly speaking, apparently. Their VAR constantly speak to the referee, and the referee keeps the game flowing because they make their decisions very quickly, and, it, and they, it's obviously something they do to keep the game yeah. flowing. So we're not stopping and talking and analysing and putting it on screens and having... And because they're making that right decision, they're making the right decision very quickly. No, that's not offside. There's another... There's no lines to be drawn. Carry on. There's another mm -hmm. suggestion that's been said that they can only have have 30, 36 to 40 seconds to look at something if they can't make a decision in that time that there's a that there's a, obviously a mistake we made they stay with the on-field decision rather than two three minutes looking at something to keep the game moving then it's not clear and obvious that could work as well but obviously I'm open, I think the Premier League met recently with the fans parliament didn't they they used yes. VARs I think there was feedback Hopefully they're, they're doing an assessment. They will look at this and try and... I don't think they're going to change... They won't change anything for this year because I suppose they look at it. We started the competition this way. We can't change it halfway through a season. But hopefully there will be some improvements. You'd hope so. For next year. Because it's not football anymore. No. People singing. People walking out. Yeah. It, you know, And you're going to lose the fans if they don't make the changes but I don't think VAR is going away no, they have to listen to the fans they have to what you know you need them to be talking to 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 your European leagues what are they doing yeah. like you said man what are they doing that that, that referee 
those referees, we scored six goals, there was no delay at all. That's so right. what are they doing? Yeah. That it's so different to, if we had scored six goals in the Premier League, everyone, the referee would have stood there. You know, like I said, the only thing I can see what they're doing is they're, it's that glance at the screen and the guy at the VAR saying, carry on. The because it's there not obvious. Premier League it's not obvious, it's not clear. It's straight away, he's making his mind up because he can see across the line, doesn't need to draw anything, doesn't need to stop it, doesn't need to press pause. He can, that's not offside, that's level, carry on. And that's what they're doing. Um, you know, the way football was supposed to be played, yeah. a fluid, moving game. It's not a stop-start, it's not American football where you stop and have your popcorn and watch the screen and it goes on for three hours. Football's not like that. If VAR is used the way we're using it, it's a new game then. It's not football. Mm. Like we say, it's not football anymore. It really is not football anymore. That's not what football's about. Football is fast moving. It's carrying on playing. The best referees always put their hands on the air to say play on. Exactly. And then they'll book the player afterwards because they want the game to evolve and not be stopped all the time. So even having them mic'd up, having them on screens, I just don't think football is that type of game where rugby does have more natural stoppages same with cricket, same with yeah. cricket hasn't it Matt? football doesn't have that no. we, we don't want it stopped we don't want to see that VAR sign on the screen and that's a successful game and, uh, and every time we it. get the VAR it's like oh here we go again uh, well it's obviously going to be something that we're going to talk about again and hopefully as I say it will get improved but I guess the jury is well and truly still still out at the moment on VAR. So, we're coming up to a very, very important date this weekend, and um, there is a very important event going on, and that's not just the Brighton game. The main thing, the main event is Samosa Saturday. Yep, Samosa it's Saturday. Back yeah, it's back for its fourth yeah. instalment. That's right, fourth edition. And as we're saying, a bit like Love Island, um, Manny, it's twice a year now. Twice a year, very niche market, even though fans are like saying, have we got samosas at Barcelona? Have we got some? I'm saying, I'm supposed to say samosas through the suitcase, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And it's just, yeah, samosa Saturday, again, last year, you know, the, the club, brilliant, they sort of gave me permission to do a bucket collection and I went home really proud telling my mom. I said, Mom, we're doing a bucket collection. And my mom said, can't ask for money. I said, well, that's what fundraising is. He goes, no, you've got to give them something. Then you, then they will, they will donate to you. And, I said, and we just sat down and she goes, make some samosas. And that's how it was born, you know. And we sort of thought, okay, let's make some samosas. And my mom started with her it's best a bit friend. Of a, it's a bit of a... Best friend, and, and they made a thousand samosas at home, you know, and we're making a record amount this time because we're going to make more than half of them. We're going to make, we're going to have about 3,000, so we've got about 130 kilos it's of spuds a good job, isn't it? to boil and peel and dice. And we've, we've started that at home now. We've got How people. long does it take? Well, I mean, well to be honest, you know, I'll tell you what, it's, I, I also do a time lapse video because in 48 hours they'll have them all made. That's mad. From, uh, from start because there's a, a a lot of people help out so we'll, our house will be full of people and they all come and it's a real joyful um, occasion I've got lots of fans involved as well so there's lots of fans who are helping on the Saturday there's um, a fan who's coming on the Friday to help fill them so it's it's not just about you know the, the fundraising is massive obviously for a, a charity that really needs this this help but 
the actual engagement between the fans. When, when, when I started in fundraising, I tried to think about how we could engage as many people as possible. So, you know, I was sort of offered to do maybe, you know, a corporate type evening at Molyneux or, and then I just wanted it available to people who 21. wouldn't normally attend those or wouldn't normally bid for a, an auction item, you know, because it was out of their range. So this, this way, it's out in the streets. Everybody can play a part. The first Samosa Saturday that we did, um, we put a bit of a condition where people had to donate a minimum of two pounds. And after, after that, we took that condition off. And now the condition is no donation. We'll give you. We'll give you. If you want food, we'll if give you, you food. Right. If you want to donate, you can. And our donations went from three and a half thousand on the first Samosa Saturday to four and a half thousand, and the last one was five and a half thousand pounds that fans gave out. I had, Kevin, I had somebody come up to me, put some money in my hand, folded my um, hand over, and said, "Thank you for helping this cause." I lost my wife to dementia, and walked off refused to have any food because he wasn't just hungry. gave me the money and I opened my hand and I had 200 pounds in my hand that's just mad wow you know and this is the type of people we've got out there goodness exists and when you tap into it and the cause dementia is is massive it's it's unfortunately you know there's uh, it's a million people I think now affected. Uh, uh, every affected. family will be every family have got you know somebody somewhere that they know that suffer from this illness it's 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 an invisible sort of illness it's not something that you can stick a patch on and say let's treat it there's at the moment there is no treatment for it so what dementia uk do is they pluck out the best nurses and train them specifically in dementia they're called admiral nurses we've got 300 so far in the country they're growing this to try and include every area and these nurses then go out free of charge they man the phone lines as well. So when you ring the Dementia UK phone line, you won't speak to a call centre operator. You will speak to a qualified nurse who will be, become your buddy. And they take the pressure, not off the person that's the got the illness, the family yeah, yeah. who suffer. Because the family are the ones that really, really suffer from this. If you imagine the person with dementia, in a way they don't even know what mm. they've got because that's the state of their brain eroding away it's basically a disease of the brain which erodes the brain away eventually leading to death yeah. and and unfortunately at the moment you know it's a horrible isn't, disease it's, it's it? completely horrible it's something that people find you're totally helpless you know you, what do you do when somebody we're talking about our memories about walls you know which give us amazing enjoyment so imagine all your memories being eroded away so you don't have those memories so when you have a bad day, you, you reflect on the good days. If you can't remember the good days, where do you go? Exactly. So it's, 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 it really is a horrific, horrific illness. And um, uh, thanks to the Wolves funds and, and the community around, they've really rallied around. And, and to be honest, I know I sort of lead it, but in a way, we, I just stand back and watch in admiration at, at all the people that help out. So and it's going to be bought by the university? Yeah, by the university, in the walkway up to the subway, before the subway, because it's a quite a, a traditional thoroughfare, you know, mm. for fans to pass through. And um, we'll start at 11 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, whether it rains or the wind's high or anything, we still need to eat. So don't let that put you off. 
please pass through. And what time will you be there? Tom? We'll start from 11 o'clock. We start early, and I'll tell you what, there'll be people queuing up at 11 o'clock. Yeah. We had that. Well, I've actually got somebody who's rung me and says, I'm going to be late to the match. Can I pop round to your house on Friday night? I want 25 smokes. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they're ordering them like, you know, and, and, and he, he did that, it's the same thing, made a massive donation for it, you know. You can go to the local shop and buy, it's the cause, yeah. the cause that people, you know, and, and food. Who doesn't like eating? We all like eating. So. I've had some of your samosas, mate, every time. <laughs> yeah, but well, you know, when, you, when, when you've contributed to a valuable cause, it tastes great, doesn't yeah, it? it? That tastes before you eat the spice. What time is the last time that you're there till? Till three o'clock. So I always miss the kickoff yeah. because I'm always running. And what happens is what you'll find out is um, the chief uh, constable of uh, West Midlands Police is uh, a wonderful man. He tweets it out. Oh, he's it? tweeted out every three times. And all the coppers, when all the fans are in, go and have the leftovers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they all they all eat there, you know. And it's brilliant getting all that community together. Uh, the homeless people in the in the subway yeah when when i run past them trying to make the match they've got a hundred samosas because <laughs> fans have donat bought off me and then donated it, it to them people and it's amazing you know and 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 it's not it, i call it you're the, good at running as well because you don't know well yeah yeah, well. <laughs> you have to be yeah there's other things I've i often done. see your instagram or whatever you know yeah. you're at the gym somewhere working oh, out it is a pretty you know people say Manny, you're quite mad. I said, when you run marathons and cycle 100 miles, they ha you have to have a bit of a crazy side to you. I'm not really built to run marathons, and it's not easy, let me tell you. Anyone who's, who's done it, the training's not easy. Um, last season, we did a bike ride. That's where I really got to know Kevin. Mm -hmm. uh, Kevin, you know, uh, we sort of had a meeting and came up with this wonderful idea of cycling to the last match of the season because I was just going to do a bike ride around Birmingham which was an organised bike ride and it became a massive thing. Kevin backed me, he was my main sponsor for that and, and I've never ever, you know, can thank him for doing that. And you've got it, so many other people around you so that were many. supported. There was, you know, was Pete Davis, you know, just a fan. He gave up his time, brought his van. He was a pr the best support vehicle you could ever have. He was there every <laughs> corner. Richard Stafford, a big fan from Congleton, so he had, uh, sort of, you know, he had route knowledge, and he rode with me, you know, because when I took it on, I thought I'm never going to get there because I don't know how to get there. <laughs> you know? And he it was brilliant that we had, a, a, and he brought his mate. He was a Liverpool fan. Not many people though, so there's three of us, and we, you know, it was a fantastic experience. This year, it's going to end with the London Marathon in, oh, right, in April okay. the 26th. Um, so You're not wearing a costume or anything. No, like I'm, I'm wearing the Dementia UK colours. Most fans will tell you, Manny doesn't need to wear a costume. <laughs> you know, and I try and keep myself quite low key at matches, as you see. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I try not to stick out like it. I get stick for it from some people that don't like that type. But the thing is, you know, it is a bit of a madcap existence fundraising. It's not the easiest thing to do, and when you choose to run marathons and cycle 100 miles you have to have that you know you have to let go of your senses in a way because if you actually sit down in the cold light of day i don't think i'd get out and do these things because you think oh what am i doing oh, no. you know so um but you've raised a lot of money yeah we've bad. raised you know i think it's coming up to forty-five thousand pounds in the yeah. last two seasons and um no targets no expectations and 99.9 percent down to the fans of the club. So, 
make sure that you check out um, hopefully if you're listening to this before uh, Brighton the samosa Saturday with Manny go and, go and try the samosas and uh, make a donation without any amount yeah any again you know people who can't make it people have contacted me and actually transferred money directly to me for the ingredients believe it or not and, and there will be another one uh, after this anyway well we're, we're, we're sort of like you said we're niche we go to a season even though there's some fans who want me every week I'm not you know I have got a job you could, you could I, have, do, I do other well, work as well be, you could set up your own uh, samosas or us yeah I, could, I think, I think, I think it, you, you know it in. works better when it's <laughs> you know done in a way where it's it's built up to that event no, and, and people do, do contribute so please Come, enjoy, connect, talk, meet other people. So we're moving on now to, well, obviously we had a fantastic February really. Uh, looking ahead to March, Wolves Brighton, West Ham away, Wolves Bournemouth, and then uh, the 28th and 29th is a weekend off because the international break. Looking at um, Brighton and Hove Albion, they are a little bit of a bogey side for Wolves. We don't have, their, they have, we don't have the best record against Brighton. I mean, last year, Brighton away, battered them, lost. Uh, I think we, I think they had one shot in the two games and took away four points. Um, so, how are we feeling ahead of Brighton? Nervous. 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 Because they are, because they are a bogey you team. You know it, and they are. They are they? a bogey team. I can't remember. Is it because they got the word Albin in the title? I could be in the playing, playing strikes. But years ago, who was, was the centre forward that always used to score against us? Darkhead. But he, he always used to score against us. I think they will they'll come and play it tight. Um, well, they're really tight towards the relegation yeah, there now. They, um, they haven't won this year. Is that, that fact? They've they haven't won, won a game. They haven't won a game in, 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 in 2020. Um, they've, they've struggled, so they need points. Definitely. So it's, it's not really, you know. Yeah, they are a bogey side, but Wolves used to have a collection of bogey, yeah, bogey sides. Nuno keeps <laughs> getting rid of them. Yeah, he gets it? rid of them. So we improved from last year. And hopefully we can go again. And and I think I just think we got a better team. Yeah. We got better ideas. And it's not going to be easy. But you know, I didn't think Norwich at home was going to be easy. They were fighting for their lives. No. They had a good result yeah. against Liverpool, where they only lost by the one. Brighton are a different team as well yeah. in terms of the way they play. Under the new manager, they try and play more football. Mm. And you've seen them play some decent football, to be honest. Yeah. Whereas last year they were a bit more kick it long. But now you're going to say, um, and of course they got Glenn Murray, haven't yeah. they? Who fortunately, fortunately, he's getting older, so he's not quite as dangerous. But he, again, he's one of those players yeah. that tends to score against us. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be tough. But I think, I think I've got a feeling he's going to play Pedence. You reckon? Okay. I think he's going to wrap Traore in Cottonwall. Keep him mm. back. Because, he, you know, he's, he's, his arm, his shoulder now is a problem. You can see defenders are going to target it. Just a little pullback, you're out. Um, th- there's nothing they can do that can strengthen the muscle. But basically, his socket it's, needs operating yeah, on. Yeah, because to, it gets, every time it comes out, it gets weaker yeah. and weaker. Um, so I think he'll play Pedence. And, and from what we saw against Espanyol, I tell you what, he looked good against Espanyol. He really did. He's got such a, it's it, it's so tiny, and he's got such a low centre of gravity. But then mm. so is Messi. But he, he's got his strength as he's well, strong. isn't he? That one where he, he shoulder charged the guy. Yeah. Uh, right in front strong. of us, he, and he's itching to play, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. He did. We I mean, have got was, options up front. 
haven't we? We that's didn't thing. interfere. We didn't. You know, we suddenly we, we suddenly we. What was it? So what do we think? Because do we think we're going to beat Brighton? Or we, what do we think? I'm confident. I think you know we've learnt. Like I said, we've beaten the bottom five sides, 18 points. You know, uh, which is a good collection. So uh, we. Would you? Beating them. We do beat yeah. them. We're playing well. We're, We're scoring, scoring goals. Clinical. Nuno will. I reckon Nuno has probably worked really hard on some of the sloppy goals we've given. We've given away five goals in two matches, and um, uh, you know he, he won't talk openly about that. But he won't be happy. Bowley won't no. be happy. He came no. back four clean shirts, yeah. and suddenly we conceded five. So um, it will, you know, tighten up. But we need to. We've learnt to break these yeah. teams down. And I'm I'm pretty sure we'll get a win. I, I, oh yeah, I, I can't see us conceding against yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and I think we've got, we we got enough one, to. We can, we'll probably score more. Yeah. 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 I feel quite positive about this one actually as well. I think the the thing is as well, we we've, we've got to force out the advantage that we've now taken from, you know, beating Norwich, going away at Spurs, which was basically. Winning that game has put us into such a struggle that mm. we can't waste that advantage, and Nuno will be emphasising that because the run of fixtures that we've got, yeah. if we can put really. We get excited by the run of fixtures. That's a great thing that Nuno does. He just for well, him, Brighton is yeah. the cup final. That yeah. is it. Yeah. You know because that's the only way you can work. We can get ahead of ourselves and suddenly think, oh, those next five. Get ten points from there. Wow. We'll be on fifty-two. That means we'll be on. And football doesn't. It doesn't no. work. Well, that's, like that. that's what football is. It yeah. trips you in the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It it kicks you when you're just thinking. And you, and how many times as Wolf fans we've got into ourselves into positions for different things, and then we've just lost out. Yeah. But I think this is a different team. So I'm going. I think we're all we're all going for yeah. a win. Two 0 um, Two 0 Two I'm going to go Pick three up. one. I'll go for one nil. We'll have to uh, review this after. Yeah. Uh, West Ham away. What we're thinking about that? It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy, but again, I think we've just got too much for them. Yeah. I I think defensively they're they're suspect. Um, We've just got too much for these teams, and if if it. If we turn up, if we turn, we win. win. If we start, the only thing that we turn up, we win, and and we don't have to turn up in fourth or fifth gear to beat a West Ham. We can actually beat a West Ham in second and third. We can actually. That's frightening. It's frightening. Do we have to actually turn, be sitting here as fans, Wolves fans, and say we know that we can. we're going to West Ham? If we have, away. if yeah. we have lost against West Ham, then either they have produced uh, an unbelievable worldy performance, or we have been poor. Yeah. We've been poor. And they're fighting the for their lives yeah. as well. They did get a, a good victory. Um, you know, did they win the weekend? Didn't they? They, had a, they had a close game against Liverpool and then they won the weekend at they 3 1, I think. Was it, I can't win. remember who they beat. They, so they, they did, did win. They did actually win. So they can score goals. They can. Kevin says they do concede a lot of goals. And, yeah. and, you know. I think that might be a 1 0 Wolves, personally. What do you think? Ooh, I'm going 2 0 again. So we're all going for three points on that one yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. I'll go 2 1. 2 1. Oh, nice and tight. It's the end of the season. It's never really any. You know, some big wins, usually everyone's fighting for their lives. So. And then the only other league match, obviously we've got the Olympiacos uh, games, uh, is, again, Bournemouth at home. Yeah, again, you know, we, we beat them last year, beat them this year, you know, away from home as Good well. Good football inside Bournemouth. Again, they sort of suit our style, I think. Yeah. They're not going to just sit there with them... Uh, 
10 men behind the ball and that gives us opportunities and you know if we finish we'll we'll win and if we play like with the match we had recently at home where you know Raul missed a few chances we'd have to have an off day and miss a few chances for Bournemouth to get anything out of that game really you know really the belief is that high I think mm. with the team see uh, another win score but I'll tell you what we've obviously got to draw a match somewhere um, but I think we won't draw that one I think we'll win score 2-0 okay. no, I think 3-0 I think we, we I think we're due to tank someone, so I I'm going to go 4 now. So, we're, up, we're going for <laughs> yeah, 9 what? points, but <laughs> yeah. I think if we got Quite 7, nice. we'd be happy anyway. Yeah, I think, 7 you know, points would still be good, I think he's fantastic. Anyway, I think that pretty much uh, concludes it. All that goes for me to, to do is to thank our hosts today for letting us use the room, Casino36, thank you. Mr Kevin Rogers... Absolutely, thank you for joining us. Have you enjoyed being pleasure, on the uh, podcast and Manny? Yeah, thank P- you. Give us your socials, Manny. Yeah, at PedalSing on Twitter. Um, I am f- I'm on Facebook as well, but if you follow me there, there's the donation link for people who can't make it on Saturday who still want to contribute. Uh, please do. It's a, such a worthy cause and it only works with your help. So see you Saturday and I will certainly give you a handshake, a hug or whatever else <laughs> you want. So don't worry about that. And what are your socials, Kevin? Uh, Kevin underscore Paker. So give us a follow on there. Um. Fantastic. And I'm um, Dazzling Dave on Twitter, Instagram, and also my YouTube channel, Dazzling Dave. And you can get Always Wolves on Twitter as well. And obviously, make sure, if you listen to the podcast, please give us a a five-star rating if you've enjoyed it, you guys. And, um, yeah, try and get us into the top 20 on the UK soccer charts. That would be amazing. From all of us here, uh, thanks for listening. Until the next one, always Wolves. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.